Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Podcast number nine, we are here at SHOT Show with two homeboys from Onyx Maps, Matt Seidel um, and Zach Sandow. I practiced that. Get a lot of sand news. <laughs> Don't Nailed tell it. them. Nailed it. Uh, we got lucky. So you guys are here, kicking it. Explaining your product to the some consumers, as well as talking to some retailers and all, and probably getting hitting up for sponsorships or whatever else yeah. you guys do at trade shows. Um, but welcome to Elk Shape. Uh, first time having you guys on. We've worked together for quite a few years, uh, Matt especially. But uh, pretty excited to have you guys on. Talk about a couple things. I, I told you we we're going to talk about elk hunting. We're going to talk about like a little that. bit of fitness yeah. yep. and probably a little bit about discipline personal development and whatnot. So, but before we get started, Matt, kick it off. Introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, Matt Seidel, product manager for our hunt line at Onyx, and uh, been with the company since 2011, so kind of right from the beginning. Um, back then, we worked out of our houses, and uh, we're kind of pretty scrappy, and uh, made the chips for your Garmin GPS at that time, and uh expanded into the app world you know a couple years ago with the hunt app so it's been a great ride you know we went from kind of um from the business side like learning how to do everything yourself for the first time and uh putting in lots of long hours you know so you know really taking it as a baby and making it a concept and growing it so uh that was a really cool journey as a yeah yeah it's pretty amazing after eight years here what's what's happened how did you get hooked up with on x yeah, so I uh, I had a friend I went to grad school with. Uh, I, I got a PhD in chemistry, and so I had another friend that was in chemistry grad school, and uh, you had we, a PhD in chemistry. Yeah, so I was living in that world. I moved to Bozeman, was working in a lab after grad school, and uh, my friend was like, "I know this guy, and he's making these maps, and he needs some help. I think this is a good opportunity. I think it could be something really cool we could do here." So I went and talked with Eric Siegfried, our CEO and founder, and a uh, great guy, and uh, really kicked it off with him, and he liked 
kind of my passion about hunting and kind of my background just about you know learning how to learn really kind of is what it all comes down to and wanting to to do another challenge so brought me on uh with my friend uh rob and uh and then we kind of just kicked it off from there yeah and really really blew it up eric had a good base from there he'd you know, been hustling in montana getting into all the sportsman's warehouses and, and local retailers and and really had a had a, gotten a good start on the project what a ride i mean to think about i'm back in the day when there was just chips yeah it kind of blew my mind back then I mean, yeah. it wasn't that long ago no I know the first time I put one of these in my GPS, like I, I had a GPS, but I never used it like 10 years ago, right? Or like maybe a little bit for like marking and getting back. But like when I put this chip into my GPS and went hunting in Montana then, it, uh, it, was, like, it was like mind blowing. Because I've been trying to figure out where the state land started and stopped. Is this BLM? Is this for service? Yeah. You, you're looking at a little gazetteer, you have a BLM map, you have no idea. So, like, putting your location into that map, right, your GPS location into that map was, like, the game changer. Yeah. yeah. And having a really good map. So, it was amazing. Yeah. I, 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 you can't hunt without it, really, now. In some instances, you had that, you were, had a great story about your antelope hunt in Idaho, yeah. where, like, you, you literally couldn't know. hunt there unless you had the app. And if you didn't, you had no business even getting close to the private. Yeah. You couldn't hunt with the confidence. Yeah. And, and unless you're just a dirtbag, you know, which I'm not, maybe too much to risk. Yeah. You know, so uh, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. And then we have Zach sitting to my left. Zach, I met you about a year ago, I believe, at uh, Western, Western, Western Expo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Onyx brought you on two, two years, years ago, a little over two. Yeah. Okay. Give us your, your intro, your background. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in Missoula, Montana. Um, I, you know, grew up hunting. My dad got me started early going along with him. Sports was always kind of a big thing, so in high school, I didn't get to dedicate as much time as I wanted to hunting. I actually went on over to North Dakota to play college football at Dickinson State for a little while, but then decided, you know, when it was time, I just knew it was time to move on with my career, finish college up, and I actually got lucky there was an internship at OnX, and so back then we were actually onyx maps hunting gps maps the works and i applied and started out doing social media and kind of worked my way up and now i'm a little over two years and in the marketing department kind of helping do the project management helping on the strategy level with marketing working with awesome guys like yourself paid partnerships um ambassadors stuff like that so it's great i mean it's two years we've changed so much it's been a whirlwind but what's awesome is i started using the chip probably two years after and we you know we wanted to support a montana guy we knew he was from miles city he actually knew my uncle um we tried it the first time and it was i mean it, not to just plug our product but it was a game changer it opened up so much for us so then when i saw the internship it was i mean i was i dove head first and i, I knew this was something that i wanted to do and it was easy it was the best decision i ever made well this was the first year that <clears throat> the app pretty much came live this right before the fall and you guys sent me like a beta or something to test in july and i got out with it a little bit yep. and i already had the app right yep. on the phone but it was the new app and yep. um luckily the timing was just perfect where i utilized the app entire september hunting idaho i didn't draw very good tags last season in 17 so i just hunted over the counter stuff in okay. anywho I never used my GPS. In fact, on like day, maybe day five, I like pulled it out of my pack. I wasn't using it. I had my phone 
I had airplane mode. Yep. I would. I downloaded. I. By the way, if you're gonna use your phone, don't be a wimp and get like one of those little phones. You ever see people get those phones with like 32 gigs of memory? That's so amateur. This this app's not for you if you are amateur. If you want to step your game up, I think my phone's got like 128 gigs. Yep. Of like so, I just downloaded the entire game. As yep. much high res detail as you want, and, and that's the nice thing about the app is you can pick how nerdy you want to download. So I downloaded all my spots, and uh, I could also go on my desktop and kind of lock in some spots, and it would transfer to my phone, yep. which was awesome. And then um, you guys have Google Earth, which was huge because you—it's not just looking at a topo map, right? You're looking at Google Earth, and yep. you can Satellite do the hybrid yep. and pull the topo features. So now navigating is really reasonable. You can find those meadows. You can avoid those blow-down hell holes. And, uh, and then you can start marking waypoints and sharing them with your hunting cohorts to text it to their phone. And now they have it. I mean, I know that eventually you'll probably be able to go 3D. Okay, maybe. Smiles here. We'll see. <laughs> I, I like, yeah. I'd like to be able to go 3D on the Google Earth if you could, yeah. but... Um, my point is, is that I don't use my GPS anymore. I got an awesome Garmin Oregon with a, a, drove, a drawer full of chips for Monix maps that are worthless to me. I should probably sell them. So um, who was the pioneer? Who had the vision to know that you guys could make it so guys like me who are pretty stubborn and like their GPS would switch to using our phones? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was a lot of customer feedback and, uh, and Eric, our founder, like, vision, you know, recognizing, getting ahead of the curve, recognizing these smartphones are going to become the next GPS unit. They're, in, they're the next camera. They're the next media source. You're consuming all of your shows and content and podcasts through your phone. So it's like, basically, it's like your phone's becoming your Swiss army knife, right? So, uh, yeah, he, everybody wanted to see the maps on their phone. We had a lot of customers, you know, living that cutting edge technology, moving to smartphones, you know, even... You think of smartphones and you're like, oh, they've been around forever, but it's only like been like five years, really. Like, yeah. like in 2012, a lot of people were still using flip phones and Blackberries and, and stuff. So now everybody's on, you know, Android or, or Apple. So basically, so, yeah. what did you think when it came out and you had the launch? Were you guys nervous or were you guys like, you got the bugs fixed? Let's let's go time. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you do a new rebrand, new website, new product, there's going to be some growing pains. But the thing that's amazing is we brought this in-house. You know, we had to rebuild the app because we had so many users that we couldn't scale with it. So bringing it in-house, we brought a great engineering team. They built this in nine months, so it was incredible. And the idea now, I mean, yeah, we were nervous for sure. You know, it was right before hunting season. We had to hit that July date. And couple bumps and bruises early but now i mean all the feedback that's the thing that's great is our customers always let us know positive or negative but it's all feedback to help us improve our product working with you guys and now i don't know how many people have told us that they put their gps away and they're only using their app last fall and i mean that's the best feedback we can get because we know that it's working for them and they feel confident to use it and they don't have to worry about you know the fact that they're out of service or they don't think they can rely on it so I mean, now it's sky's the limit. Now we're just, you know, we're looking forward. We're looking into years to come, what we can do with it, because we know people are confident in using it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the GPS is gone. It took batteries. Now I just have to bring, like, a cell phone charger with me, like a Poseidon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who makes that? Uh, dark energy or something? Yeah. 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 Dark energy. I just bring that. Yep. I still didn't have to use it. 
because uh, airplane mode wasn't chewing up any. Yeah. Uh, and I like having my phone with me because I can video and document my hunt yep. day to day. Uh, it's been cool. And uh, I like knowing where I'm hunting. And then I guess people that already know are probably bored already. They're like, yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it. So um, let's go next level and let's talk about some of the layers that people can use. And it's scouting season time. It's cyber yep, scouting. Application time. Yep. Application season's here. It's time to do your homework from your desktop. Yep. Um, I think it's easier from a desktop. You can use this app. And so let's just get into some details of layers that you could use to help scout. And let's tell people how much it co- you know, what's the investment, what they're looking at to get this as a scouting tool. I use Onyx Maps Desktop uh, with GoHunt.com. I'm not sponsored by GoHunt. I pay the membership fee, and uh, I use live, utilize both tools yep. on one on each screen. Yep. So yeah, tell us about tool. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess my strategy a lot of times is definitely. You know, going to my state website, looking up how many points I have, right? Uh, making sh- and doing that, and then I, I do also go to Go Hunt a lot. Uh, I also use you know Eastman's Hunting Fool, some other other resources out yeah. there. Yeah. There's so much great information out there that I I don't want to really limit myself and only use you know one or two. So I I like to to use all those sources. But basically, um, you know, in, in our app, um, there's a couple cool layers. I'll mention one or two, and then Zach, you can do a couple that you like. But um, we have a great partnership with the Boone and Crockett Club. And so it, it's a really unique, a unique data set. Uh, I think over 16 species, uh, broken out by county, the trophy records, uh, you know, heat map, kind of. So if you're looking at elk or or deer or antelope or Roosevelt elk, you can turn that layer on. Uh, choose whatever species you want, and then uh, it'll show kind of the trends on on where the trophy animals have been. Uh, I know that's important for for some people to kind of be analyzing those trends. So that's one I use, and then maybe another one is. <clears throat> Uh, Randy Newberg, I think a lot of people know Randy. We built a layer with him called the roadless layer. So basically, we took all the roads in the U.S., we kind of built a filter, a script, a heat map, and uh, when you turn that layer on, it, it'll show you the areas that are the furthest away from roads. And so we know the Frank Church is, is one area that, you know, really pops out, you know, that roadless yeah. area. There's a lot in the, the, the Bitterroot, you know, Idaho, Montana border. Uh, but there's some really cool spots in, in other spots, and so if you want to if you're a backpack hunter and you're trying to get away from units, you're you know applying for alpine, you know subalpine mule deer hunts. You want to turn that layer on, you know, see if there's some basins stuff when you're applying for your tag that you think are going to be far enough away. The nice thing is, is like for that layer, um, you don't always have to go 10 miles from a road, right? Like, yeah. So you can kind of like judge on your ability, like, hey, I'm a I'm a two mile pack hunter. Yes. I can go yeah. five miles. I want to exactly. go 10 miles and judge where those areas might be from a, from a road. So those are two of the layers I use a lot. Yeah, and I mean, for me, you know, obviously once you, you know, going off, once you figure out what state you're hunting, what species you have, the thing I really like to do is, yeah, I hunt public land, but I like finding new areas. I have my kind of bread and butter that I stick to, but, I mean, there's a lot of great places to hunt in the West and trying to find, you know, so I, how I start is I'm looking for first hunting district, anchor it down by the species, season I'm going. So if it's archery, I'm looking for big pow- or a huge amount of public land. I'm looking to get away from roads, but also on the flip side, I need to see which roads, how I'm going to get there, what I can get to with bad weather. The other thing is we have trails. So with our trails, we have an extensive trail data that has difficulty, distance. So with it, you can turn it on and it'll give you kind of a heat slope and it'll break it down how steep it is, but then also tell me how far I need to go to get into where I'm at. And then I'm just marking different places that I think I'll be camping, glassing, you know, and marking basins that I want to go check out. 
And then it comes down to the summer scouting and I'll need to go validate those spots and check them out. But I really like, you know, I'll get a ton. I'll scout out a bunch of different areas that I want to hit that might be over the counter units, might be in my permit area just off to where I haven't hunted. And just kind of get that digital scouting down and see what I want to explore in the summer and fall and go check out some places. And then hopefully, you know, they work out and then I put them in the library for later on down the road. And a couple of the layers is like uh, the burn layer. Yeah. We should probably talk about that. It was a hell of a wildfire season in Montana last year. Hell, I've never hunted in such smoking conditions. I was over in Idaho, probably shortening my lifespan, but I wanted to hunt. Um, I'm sure you guys felt the same way, but you guys have a burn layer, right? Yeah. It's awesome. We talked about this, Zach, but I want a Dan Staten dirt bike layer yeah. where it's dirt bike trails are allowed because I love hunting off a dirt bike. The steeper, the better, the further, the deeper. We should talk about doing something like that. I know where I elk hunt in Idaho, it is dirt bike single track trail. So you can either hike it or have a horse on it or you can have a dirt bike. But no four-wheelers allowed and you wouldn't be able to get it back there anyways. That would be cool for a guy like me looking, maybe I want to go hunt Montana. Man, I don't have a horse, but I got a dirt bike horse. Where, where, what are my options? You know. Yep. Yeah, we have been tagging our trails and working on a side project in the background, tagging the trails with what use you can do on them. And so we're looking at ways to then visualize that in the app. So yeah. when you click on a trail, you can say, yes, this is open for horseback hiking, single track, you know, dirt bike. This trail is open for you know motorized use from X to X state yeah. or, or closed roads and stuff as well. So yeah. the reason why I have these guys on and partner with them is that I think everyone listening knows that we're all about the do-it-yourself guys, the blue-collar guys, the guys that probably will never be able to afford hiring a guide, hiring an outfitter, or buying a landowner tag. You're lucky you have a finite number of days to get off a year to hunt. You maybe have a family you're juggling and a work life you know balance and at the end of the day you want to do it on your own those are the guys i like and talking about talking to and encouraging especially if you are new to hunting elk and you're coming out west maybe you live on the east coast maybe you're a midwest person or maybe you just finally decided that you want some elk meat in your freezer that learning curve is steep i don't know about you guys but i shot my first bull elk when i was 21 i'd hunted deer and then I went to high school and stopped hunting for sports. And then my first, my first, actually I shot it when I was 19, excuse me. My first year out of high school, I went elk hunting and I just happened to shoot a bull. So then I was like, I got to get into bow hunting because I want to hear these things bugle. And I didn't shoot until 2005. So that was four years of tag soup out of state. Just a steep learning curve. Uh, how long did it take you guys to get your first elk? Like, did you have a mentor? What was the learning curve? Zach, start with you. Like, Yeah, I mean, so me, for me, we started, we kind of hunted, my parents grew up in eastern Montana, so more of the sage country, a little flat, and we would go back mule deer hunting all the time, do some permits. The West was a tough, I mean, it was tough my early years, and it took me till, I think, my freshman year of college to get my first bull elk, shot a couple cows before then, but... It, I mean, you're right. It absolutely there is a steep start, um, learning curve even between the different habitats you're hunting. So if you're hunting archery elk over in by Missoula where it's super thick, you're relying on calling and it's not as much spot and stock. So it's crazy and just trying to learn the differences between them. I mean, it's it's exciting, it's awesome, but it, I mean, it does take some work. And like last year, I didn't shoot a bull. I had plenty of opportunities during archery, a couple during rifle, and I just couldn't quite get it done. And it's frustrating, but it kind of, you know, it makes me want to 
work harder for this year, learn from it, and not make those mistakes. And it's not like you all of a sudden forgot how to elk hunt. I mean, you've killed out. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. And the way we do it, public land, is it's hard. And that's why you need a tool like Onyx Maps to, I'm just telling you guys, you just got to trust me, this is a must, not a should. And there's a difference there. This is something you absolutely have to invest in. And uh, we're going to get into Matt's learning curve in a second, but I want to talk price points. So if you want to do what I'm doing, I have the Elite Membership. And what, what is that, a year? 99? 99. Okay, and I have all states. Yeah, all 50. All 50. In fact, I'm going to Hawaii next, in about a week from now, and I'm bringing my bow because I have Onyx Maps and I know where I can elk hunt. I'm sorry, I know where I can pig hunt. And uh, it's cool because I can pull up Hawaii and know exactly where I'm at, what's public, what's not. There's a lot of hunting opportunity right? there for public land. And so it's for 99 bucks, you can do that. Now, if you don't need it for the year, which... Maybe you don't. I don't see why you wouldn't. With the application season and the scouting season, I need it year-round. But maybe you don't. Can you go monthly? On the elite option, you can go 15 bucks a month. Yeah. So, so a mere 15 bucks a month, you can go month to month. Um, you can go old school and get the chips per state. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, I think the phone is a little bit more, but to each his own. What's it cost to get a chip? So the chip now is $119.99, and you actually get one year of premium, so you get one state for free with that. And what that does is you can get it on your app, well, you can get it on your phone, computer, tablet, but it also updates your chip for you that year. So, you know, we usually try to update every state once a year. Once that update comes out, you can just plug it into your computer, pull up web map, and then it'll update. And then you can other the other option we have is premium, which is one state on the app, you know, your phone, computer, tablet, for twenty nine ninety nine a year. Yeah, I, I think for a hundred bucks it'd be worth your while if you hunt yeah. multiple states, uh, like myself, or want to hunt elk all over and try to get yourself some public land hunting. Uh, I can't believe I'm using it in Hawaii next week. That's gonna be crazy. Now, yeah. don't think I'm going to Hawaii just to go hunting because I'm not. My wife was gracious enough to give me <laughs> one day, one and day it's worth it enough to bring my boat out. Yeah. And I don't care. So here's how ignorant I am. I like I bought I got my hunting license in Hawaii, which is kind of hard to do, by the way. Like you have to have a hunter safety card, and you have to have had had it since 1990 or before then. So if you got your hunter safety, probably like Zach here, who's young, yeah, uh, you have to take the hunter safety class, which I don't in person. You don't want to burn that time. So yeah. I did. A, uh, I sent the proof. I had my hunter safety. I'm old, and so. Now I'm looking to buy tags, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm going to do a podcast from Maui with uh, a buddy down there who's going to show me the ropes, but there is no tags, turns out. It's just, you got to get your hunting license, so I'm pretty stoked about that. All right, so back to Matt. Matt, tell us your elk hunting learning curve, because everyone's is different. Yeah, I I really probably didn't get into elk hunting until I moved to Montana, which was for grad school, so I was 22 then, but I grew up in Washington. and there we did a lot of blacktail hunting uh, with my dad. And so I grew up kind of blacktail hunting in the bushes, in the <laughs> low visibility, you know, tight blackberries, reprod. So um, then I went back to college down in Oregon, uh, played soccer there for four years. And uh, so kind of didn't do a lot of hunting, you know, during that time. You know, sports was a big part of my life growing up too, playing soccer from five years old to, to even now we, we still play, you know, recreationally. Um, but then I moved to Montana, yeah, and it probably took, and I, I mostly focus on rifle hunting. That's just kind of how I grew up with my dad and, and everything, we, rifle hunters. So, I, yeah, it about, took about three years to get a bull elk rifle hunting. 
and tracked one down in the snow. Luckily, you know, it snowed, fresh snow, and tracked one down, and he was still in his bed looking the other way, and, and uh, it worked out perfect. But that was after many blown, uh, <laughs> blown hikes through the mountains. I think a lot of times... <clears throat> the way I explain elk hunting to my wife, and it's been explained a lot, is you uh, you're taking your gun or your bow for a hike, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and that's a lot of elk hunting. Is uh, but I think there's something to be said for putting in those long hours hiking, those long days. Like that's some of my best days have been just wearing yourself out, right? And you never know what's around that next corner, that next hill. Um, and so one thing. Um, my dad taught me from a young age is thinking positive. So that's kind of the one thing I take into all of my hunting business, my, my life with my family is really having a positive attitude and focusing on the positive has been just, I think a tremendous um, tool for me. I think it's, it's really actually changed certain situations by, you know, the outcome. You, you don't think you can control fate, but I think, you know, I think I have sometimes by thinking positive, I don't know. I completely yep. agree, and it's not always easy. There is more valleys than peaks when you're hunting yep. public land elk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. be prepared for that. Uh, yeah. Zach, what is the one tip you would give? I think that's got to be yours. Positive yeah. attitude. Yeah, it's Cornier cliche. It's so true. And, and when you when you're staying positive, you're you're then you're ready to maximize on that opportunity. Like. Stay positive. Like there's, there could be an elk around the next corner, or you know, or I'm gonna score that next goal on soccer. Like you're, you're just like you're always ready to take advantage of it. Where if you're thinking, yeah, oh, there's nothing around, and you just go charging through the mountains, and you're not looking around and thinking, and then out jumps an elk, and you know, waste an opportunity. You know, so I think your mindset plays a lot. Like, oh yeah, when, when you go into certain situations, it's funny how hunting can change. It can go from so, zero to hundred oh, in about yeah. ten seconds. Yeah. And you will be at the lowest of lows to the highest of highs and possibly back to the lowest of lows in 15 seconds. Yeah. But uh, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. So, Zach, you one tip to help shorten the learning curve for guys that maybe haven't hunted or haven't quite punched their tag yet. They have hunted for elk and they're just trying to shorten that learning curve up. What would you say? I think for me, it's preparation. And, you know, yes, there is a learning curve no matter what, but preparation can be you know talking to mentors trying to see nitpick you know and just get a couple ideas how they're you know try to get a couple keys how it can help them out but even e-scouting just hiking going and scouting out in the summer getting boots on the ground but even all the way down to preparing the night before having all your stuff laid out so you're ready to get up you start the day off right it gives me confidence when i'm hunting to stay positive you know if i'm if i get out late and i think i'm you know i'm slow up the hill and sun's coming up and I'm late it's already the day it's tough to stay positive when I'm not sitting in my glassing point when I want to be so hey dad are you listening to this did you hear what Zach just said he said have all your stuff laid out ready to go for the next morning instead of trying to do it in the morning so you're never late and it's funny that you bring that up because my dad and I fight about this one all the time (laughs) I like to lay my stuff out I like to get up a half hour earlier than I'd prefer but have it all ready I would much rather be a half hour early than half hour late. Yeah. So the only thing we fight about is that I am not patient to I'll patient for hunting but not to wait to get there. Like I just feel like yeah. sacrifice some sleep and get everything your lunch made, whatever it is you gotta do. Add some toilet paper or whatever instead of just going to bed. Because the easy road, the seductive road after elk hunting all day is an ice cold brew or two, dinner 
go right to bed yep. and you'll figure it out in the morning. No, you yep. won't. Yeah. <laughs> Never <laughs> scrambling to find everything. Late to yep. the show. Yep. That's funny. Um, all right. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, we'll, we'll transition to fitness a little bit. Not everyone's favorite topic, but it is my bread and butter. This is Elk Shape. Um, what do each of you do to prepare physically, mentally, for elk hunting or hunting in general? Yeah, for me, I actually, I like to do CrossFit. Um, when I, you know, I played sports grow up or growing up, I played baseball, football, did track and then basketball. So hunting was tough, but that was my focus year round. I was going from one sport to another. And then after I was done playing in college, I kind of still wanted to compete a little bit, but I also wanted to stay active when I wasn't hunting outside of hunting season. So went to a local box in Missoula and it was great. I love it. I head there, you know, I go right after work at about six and I hit it about, you know, four to six times roughly. I tried to get at least four every night after work and it's it's great because it's it's an hour you're moving you're doing you know i mean i don't need to throw out the constantly varied movements but you're you're competing and you're having fun and it's got that community aspect but the thing that's nice is it's not the dungeon headphones on you know that's just not what i like i like the community i like to get out i like to compete and it's been great because i can do it year round and it doesn't feel like i'm working out it doesn't you know it's just quick i get it done and then as we get closer to the season, I ramp it up, start doing the hiking with packs. The, um, BHA did the great hike to hunt that started in Missoula. Got a couple individuals in the morning. We'd hike up the M local trail right outside of our office, actually. And and then uh, summertime scouting is always great. You know, I it's and shed hunting's another one. Me and my uh, roommates were terrible shed hunters, awful. But we hike a lot. You know, and it's you know we just we call it shed hunting, but really you're just getting out and get you're moving and yeah. And then when we don't find sheds, then it's scouting. So we're always successful in some ways. That's so cool. I won't talk too much about CrossFit because I think everyone knows I do CrossFit too. And, and if I found something, I will say this. If I knew of something better, I would switch. I would run another flag. I would do that. I just, in 10 years, I haven't. Um, are you at Zoo? Zoo Town CrossFit. CrossFit. Yep. That owner there, what's his name? Uh, John Petra. He's a firefighter, right? Yeah. Yep. And then... From Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, um, Chad. Chad Carmen. Yeah, he works out there too. Do you guys yep, ever go he does. head to head? Yeah, yeah. We go in the mornings at six every once in a while. He hits the mornings. I usually go in the evening, but sometimes we'll meet up at six. That's awesome. Yeah. Matt, what do you do, man? To just prepare yourself mentally, physically for hunting. Yeah. Uh, so I had a big trip in Nevada this year, a back country. I went. I went solo down there for seven days, muzzleloader elk hunting. But uh, to get ready for stuff like that, I I just like to do a lot of different activities. So. I still play a lot of soccer in the summer, which is good. Uh, good for the legs, the stretching, and, and that you're stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes. So that's <laughs> the danger. Yeah, of uh, <laughs> going from uh, to f- full speed to you know full sprint and to stopping. You know, yeah. so you got to you got to definitely be ready for that. Uh, a lot of running. So I'll do like trail runs. Do some do some comp like competitions I'll, I'll enter them and I'll just run my pace you know but I do trail runs in the mountains in the summer and stuff um, and then I try, we we luckily in Missoula there's lots of outdoor activities and, and stuff around so me and my wife try to trade off biking to work once a week so I'll take the kids you know to school and etc and she can bike that day I'll bike another day we live up on a mountain so you gotta always bike up a mountain two miles to get home um, and hike sometimes I'll just hike from my house all the way to work you know it's two miles with the pack so I try to do that once a week in the summer you know come in all sweaty and luckily we have a shower at yeah. the office there you can shower and get ready run at lunch do it do that you know so 
just a lot of different activities. And then me and my wife do, uh, we have a, there's a gym in town, it's called Momentum, and they do kind of uh, lower weight, kind of CrossFit kind of stuff. But we, we do stations, one minute stations for 60 minutes, lots of core, lots of, you know, light lifting, lots of treadmill work, lots of planks, all that, just good full body workout. I think that's been great for us at, at our age, you know, in the upper thirties, keeping, keeping stretched out and everything. So that's what we do. And then just, yeah, taking the kids hiking, the dogs, I got a lab, big hunt. I'm a big bird hunter as well. So I got to keep him in shape and wore out. Otherwise he drives the, the wife well, crazy. You said wife, Zach, you're not married, right? Not married. Okay. So this one's not for you. <laughs> Matt, is it uh, challenging to balance work family life and hunting um, yeah. being yes. gone yep. and having kids mm-hmm. we talked about that in my last podcast with Mark Boardman he's over Vortex and yep. we're you know him and I have kids the same age yep. and it's just different when you have kids versus when you didn't I mean you miss yep. your wife but you know yep. you're hunting yeah leaving the kids is a little it's a lot harder it is, it is tough how yeah. do you balance that do you have any advice for guys that listen and have a family passion about hunting but just maybe or like me and it had struggle with balancing it all yeah i guess in my life I, I i love work like i love being at work and doing everything there so that's that's always you know a struggle but but it's like it's nice because you can do stuff on your phones now or after after the kids go to bed so, so that's been pretty easy um but the hunting is like such a condensed season like we start uh, you can start in montana in august for antelope but like it's like two or three months, right, of yeah. pretty intense, yes. gone, and the you know, and it's tough for my wife to understand sometimes the there's back-to-back weekends or like so. I think a lot of it for me has been like getting it on the calendar ahead of time, months ahead of time, and like making sure she knows like and scheduling it out a little more. Back in the day, you could I could be more spontaneous yeah, so with no surprises. Women yep. Don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Get it on the calendar. Put two or three on the calendar, and then that makes it easier to do the extra one or two or spontaneous yeah. ones. Which I mean, stuff happens because weather. Yeah. I'm like, I'm planning on going hunting this weekend, Janet, and and then two weeks ahead of time, right? And then I'm like, the weather's bad, or it's going to be raining. We can't get in on the road. Like it's going to be gumbo, and then like I want to change the next weekend. So you got to have some. There's some flexibility, but. Like, when I went to, to Nevada or when I go on a hunt, it's like, um, it was interesting when I went to Nevada by myself and I got there and I hiked way up on the mountain before opening day and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I like miss them already. It's only been like one day of driving down there, one day of hiking in. And I'm like, I was like, I kind of want to go home and see them, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I'm but, I, but I'm hunting, but I'm yeah. like also, so you're torn. So I have a five-year-old and a, a daughter that's almost two. So yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, I can. I've taken my son for the last two years on different hunts. He's been antelope hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting. He's five now. Yeah. So he went on a couple, not as many trips this year because of kindergarten. But when he was three and four, he went three or four times with me on different trips with my dad and then my grandpa. So it was kind of four generations of us uh, out at antelope antelope camp, which was a lot of fun. So get him, get the kids involved too. So. Yeah, I've, you kind of have to do shorter trips, uh, you know, morning, just morning trips. You, you know, you can't be out all day, you know, with, with little kids. But exposing them to that, uh, picking up knickknacks to bring home, a little tiny spike shed or a rock or a feather, like, and having that little gift, they, they love cool. that stuff too. 
Well, guys, let's, I know we're all hungry for lunch, so let's kind of wrap this up. Um, let's end with this. So on here, I've been consistently talking about uh, one of my favorite subjects, discipline. Uh, and it can pertain to anything, but um, I'm super excited about if you ever listen to Jocko Willick's podcast. He's got discipline is freedom, discipline in your finances, discipline in your time. And uh, that could mean anything as far as maximizing your day, day in and day out. Uh, do you guys have any input on discipline as it pertains to hunting? Whether it be an outcome discipline that you do or something you do outside of work discipline-wise that's going to make you a better outcome in the fall or a better version of yourself. This could be personal development stuff. Let me give you an example. I think that and I'm going to advertise my goal because I think that's always is I think I need to be more disciplined on when I wake up in the morning I always check my phone to see what time it is and I usually get up naturally without an alarm somewhere between 5.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. but I have caught myself times opening up emails from my bed go through all my emails and then once that's done open up the IG do a little scroll check out some stories oh check Facebook all of a sudden, it's 7.30 in the morning, and I've done, I've done shit for the day, yep. really, truly. Whereas I could have woke up, maybe cranked out 30 push-ups, got downstairs, uh, dig into the Word a little bit, drink some coffee, maybe talk to my wife a little bit, you know, something like that. So I, I've just been looking at that lately. I gotta, that's something I'm going to think. I need to be more disciplined yep. to be a better version of myself. That does not, that's not productive with my time and time is very valuable do you guys have anything like that or that you're working on i'd love to hear about it inspire people yeah i mean i think mine is establishing a routine which is you know being disciplined but you know so i go into work 7 30 to 8 i start my day kind of off same i hit i check my emails get the new ones going through then i kind of with my new position i kind of see what projects we have going on figure out what we need to do we have a stand up at nine o'clock where we meet with the team discussing the week so kind of just having that daily routine and then after as I mentioned I go to the gym and it's a lot easier to not you know stray away from that if I establish that routine and with hunting it's the same way we were talking about being prepared I kind of do that every night I lay all my stuff out I'm still the kid that lays my clothes out has them ready you know has my bag ready everything packed lunches in the fridge and I you know same routine every morning I wake up might shower might not grab my stuff get dressed and I'm ready and it's just being able to do that, it I don't get away from it. I don't forget anything. You know, I'm confident in the process that I'm doing. There's two things I want to do in the elk camp in the morning. Mm-hmm. Not to be rude, I want to drink coffee and I want to poop at camp. <laughs> I don't want to pack anything out. I don't want to think. Yep. I want to get out the door. But I want those two things to happen at camp. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And it's tough to do that when you're scattered. You know, so the discipline. And I've made a video before about that on my YouTube channel about being ready to go every day even though you want to stay up a half hour later while you're tired fatigued just get your stuff ready all right matt anything anything related to the subject yeah there's one thing i've been trying to do a lot i have a it's building good habits and so i've i found being in the app world i've got a couple different apps i use now to track habits and it's just as simple as like a a checkbox right so i have a couple habits and, you know, sometimes I'm successful, like getting seven days in a row or whatever. So like one of my habits is exercise, right? I want to exercise every day. And so I want to do that. Like another one is talk to the wife. And when I say talk to the wife, I'm like, really ask her, like, how was your day? Like ask some questions, right? Like get 
take some time, even if it's five minutes at, at dinner, whatever, to to do that. So to build on that relationship. So I've got some other goals, you know, uh, uh, you know, flossing my teeth, right? Like you forget to floss your teeth, yeah. but you're like, yeah. I want to floss my teeth every day because I got 50 years left in my life. Like, so um, sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not, and I'll find you kind of go through streaks, yeah. and so you kind of have to decide, you know, you get put in certain situations, right? Like after work or, you know, you got somebody visiting a client and they want to go out and have a dinner and a beer, right? And so that's in a, like, I'm not going to be able to exercise that day, maybe. But if I plan ahead and really, like, look at my schedules, I think part of that is, like, planning ahead, thinking through the day. Uh, I can usually knock out, you know, all those goals, you know, and, and just keep keep those habits building and eventually they become part of your daily routine right you know we all get up we all brush our teeth because we've been doing that since we were little right but but there's other goals you know other habits that so I, I really want to improve some habits um and keep improving myself right because because um I think I can I'll continue to be a better version of myself you know every day so that's awesome yeah well guys I think that wraps up a good show we haven't yeah. had lunch we talked about going to lunch an hour ago but we did this instead for you guys so hopefully you got something out of that I really enjoyed talking to both of you. That's what I love about podcasting is I really get to know people even better. And uh, people get to get to know you well. And uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for the hunting industry. And for us hunters, we're thankful for your product. For those that have never tried it, you can take my word for it. Go check it out. That's onxmaps.com. And uh, give it a free trial. If you're not sold, let me know. I'd be surprised. (laughs) All right, guys. Let us know. We'll explain it a little better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Take care.